Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? We're going to let that one slide for a little bit. Um, It is good to be with you. I've had a great weekend hanging out with uh, some friends, um, being part of uh, just a fun event this weekend. Um, You know, everywhere I go, they, uh, they introduce me. And Adrian didn't do it, but they always introduce me, say, Mike Kramer from North Dakota. And so I'm from North Dakota, and I just want to say to all of you this morning, I don't know how you live in this cold weather over here. <laughs> it was 18 degrees this morning, right? Um, but yeah, just it's been a great weekend, fired up to be with you. I, I want to stress this right away, like there's a heaviness about what I'm going to talk about today. And so, like, God has been stirring some things in my heart, and, and my prayer is, God, I just want to communicate your message so clearly and, and, and humbly. Um, but I, I can't help but, like, as we sing these songs, we love to worship, don't we? Like, your worship leader wasn't here last time I was here, and, like, you guys have stepped it up. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty fired up in this place, and and it's just fun to gather together and worship, isn't it? There's something special when we come together as a body of believers and we, and we worship God together. And, and it's fun to do that. And, and, and again, I, I say this with all humility and, and pointing fingers at myself. Like, like she shared the word with us and, and she dove into Hebrew and, and talked about this Hebrew word that means shout for praise and even clap. And, and when she called us to do it, it was hard for us, wasn't it? It was hard for us. But I got to believe, and I I love you guys. I'm a sports fan, right? We talked about this last time I was here. (laughs) North Dakota State University. (laughs) Like, I got to believe if we were at a JMU game, some of you would lose your minds. And you'd be shouting to the top of your lungs. I used to go to St. Louis Cardinal games often. I, I still do. Like, I try to get to eight to ten games a year, and I love St. Louis Cardinals, and I love baseball. And, and uh, I'm one of those weird guys that, that even if I don't have tickets, there's sometimes where I'll just go, and I'll sit outside the stadium. I'll find a restaurant, or I'll just go find a – there's a little park area where you go sit. And, and what's exciting is you can go to these games outside the park – 
and you might not be seeing exactly what's going on, but you can kind of get a feel to what's going on based on the crowd, the noise coming out of that stadium, most beautiful stadium in the world. And I think, what if right here in Harrisonburg, when people drove by this place, wouldn't it be something if they could just hear the shouts coming out of this place? And they would know that something special is going on in here because of our praise and worship. You see, we're a group of people that love to worship. We do. In fact, let's just be really honest. We have songs that we like, don't we? I'm going to be a little honest with you and transparent. I saw the playlist of what was going to be sung today, and I was like, ooh, I like these songs, you know? I like these songs. And, and we're a group of people that love to worship, and, and we come into these places, and, and we love to worship, but, but I'm just going to be super brutally honest with you today, and this is the heaviness of it. My fear is in the church today is we're a group of people that love to worship, my fear is so many of us just intimately don't know the God we're worshiping. Like we just don't know him. We don't know the Jesus who, the Jesus who calls us, get this, the Jesus who calls us to a life of sacrifice. The Jesus who calls us to a life of service. The Jesus who says, hey, Pick up your cross. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be some very difficult days. Pick up your cross and follow me. The Jesus who says, listen, if, if you want to gain your life, you got to lose your life. He uses this diet to self-language all the time. But we want to be comfortable, don't we? We want to be happy. We want to come into this place for an hour, and we want to be made to feel good. All the while, the Jesus that we're worshiping is calling us to something totally different. It's interesting. I get called to come to places, and they don't call me to come back. <laughs> but this is heavy on my heart for the church, because I love the church. I come into services all across the country, and, and the music just keeps getting better and better, and, and I like that. I, I feel it's biblical to use our gifts and talents to bring him praise and worship, and, and the guitars and the drums, and I get it. Like, we come into these services, and, and, and we evaluate, don't we? Like, there's parts of it that we like. I like that song. I know this. Some of you sang louder when we sang the hymn. I did. Because we have, our, we have our, our choices, our selections, the things that we like. And we come into services like this. And, and I come into services and the bands get better and the, the music gets louder. And, and I've been in services where they got like light shows, you know. And I've been in services, you guys need to get this, smoke machines. <laughs> no kidding, like 
smoke machines, you know, as smoke's just rolling across the stage. I'm like, oh. I always thought, you know, if I could come out on a stage and smoke just billowing around me, you know, they wouldn't do it. It's getting bigger and bigger. And listen, I'm, I'm not criticizing any of that. I think we should use all our gifts and talents to bring in praise. My fear is, is although we love to worship, so many of us just don't know. We just don't know them. We don't know the one we're worshiping. And, and there's a scripture and passage that scares the daylights out of me. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. If you have your Bibles, just flip open to it really quick. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And these are the words of Jesus himself. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven... Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will plainly tell them, I never knew you. I never knew you. You see, it's not about checking a box, you guys. It's not about going to church for an hour on Sunday, teaching classes, singing songs you like. It's not about giving money. It's not about handing out food. It's not about even teaching. It's about knowing him. Knowing his heart, knowing his passion, knowing his thoughts Could you imagine if you and I walked into this place and and instead of walking in saying, oh, they better play songs I like. Oh, I hope they sing songs that I like. Could you imagine if you and I walked into this place and our heart was, oh God, I'm so desperate to know you and I'm not a very good singer. Pastor Adrian is. I've sat next to him. God, I'm not a very good singer, but I hope you enjoy our worship today. I hope these songs that we sing, I hope they're sweet aroma to your ear. I I hope as we sing shouts of praise out to you that you just enjoy our worship today. Because it's not about me. And so the difficult question I feel compelled to ask you this morning, out of great humility and great love for you, and I love this group of people, like, this is my second year here, and, you know, you all talk different than I do, you know? There's like turkey homes everywhere in this place, and the landscape looks different. I never know where I'm at here. Like, your roads don't go north and south and east and west. It's, it's all winding. I never know where I'm at, but... But I've met some of the most incredible people, like just good people. And so I say this out of great love for you. Do you know him? Like, can you say, like, I intimately know him. I know his heart. 
I know what makes him tick. I know what moves him. Because we know this, right? To know him is to spend time with him. To really get to know him is to spend time with him. You see, I know way too many people, pastors, teachers, good church people, that know a lot about Jesus. They know the stories. They know great theology and doctrine. But they just don't take time to really get to know him. So do you know him? I think about what it takes to know somebody, right? You have to spend quality time together. I think about my wife. My wife was supposed to be here, and she couldn't be here. We had a, just a sad deal take place in our family. My wife just wasn't able to come here, and, and I wish she was here because she would, she would love all of this. My wife's a runner, and there's just so many hiking trails to do, and, you know, it's not 30 below, so you can get out and just do all that stuff. And um, I wish she was here. But I can remember way back when my wife and I were dating, you know, and and I remember the first time I saw her, I met my wife who's from Gackle, North Dakota. Anybody here ever been to Gackle, North Dakota? Huh, you're missing out. <laughs> you know? My wife's from Gackle, North Dakota, and I met my wife in Chicago at O'Hare Airport. I was going to school at Olivet Nazarene University, and, and one night my mom calls and says, hey, Mike, I just... I want you to know I met a gal in our community. She's going to our church, and, and she's got a daughter who flew out to Philadelphia to meet her biological dad for the first time, and it just didn't go very well. And she's flying back, and she's got a four-hour layover at O'Hare. Would you go hang out with her? Not a chance, Mom. <laughs> no, you know. Like, she's old enough to take care of herself, you know, and... Well, I told this mom that you would do it, and you're a good kid, and, well, you lied, mom, you know, like, I'm not going to do it, you know, and, well, after some coaxing, you know how moms are, they guilt you into doing it, and I went down in my apartment building, I knocked on my buddy's door, and his name was Ben, I said, hey, Ben, would you just go with me, it's a crazy story, you know, this girl, ah, ah, ah. so Ben and I hopped in my 1983 Ford F-150, you know, pick up that <laughs> killed mosquitoes as it drove down the road because it billowed smoke and just a bomb and drove through Chicago to O'Hare Airport. And, and this was before 9-11, so, you know, you could go in. And, and I go in, and, and I'm walking through O'Hare Airport, and there's, you know, millions of people walking around, and I'm grumbling to myself, and then all of a sudden, I thought, why in the world did I bring Ben with me? <laughs> there was the most beautiful person I ever saw in my life. And she's like, well, thanks for coming. I was like, oh, I wouldn't miss this, you know? She was the most beautiful person I laid my eyes on. And, and listen, I, I never knew anything about love at first sight until I saw this gal. But I didn't know her. And so I hung out with her for four hours. And, of course, we exchanged phone numbers. And that was the day before cell phones and all that good stuff, you know. And, and 
for the next like year, I called this gal all the time. I had like the calling cards, you know, and got on the phone and I called this gal and we would talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and and eventually we were both in the same community and she came back to North Dakota and I was living in North Dakota and and we started going out on dates and we would go out to like restaurants. We'd go out to Perkins and in Jamestown, North Dakota, and we would sit in Perkins and and we'd see all these people and and I'm I'm laughing at this now because sometimes we get caught in this mess. We'd, we'd look around and see all the older couples around us and, and they would just be eating their food and they wouldn't even look at each other, you know, and, you know, but back in that day, we would talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and, and then when we would, you know, separate, I'd get back on the phone and we would call and talk and talk and talk and, and I would write like handwritten letters, you know, and she would write handwritten letters and we would spend all this time and every day I just got to know her a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And every day I fell in love with her a little bit more, a little bit more. Until that day where I asked her to marry me in a very romantic Olive Garden parking lot. I know, my kids like mock me for it. I'm like, I can't go back. But I asked her to marry me, and then something crazy happened. You have kids. And all of a sudden, life gets crazy, doesn't it? And you get busy. And you have activities, and, and you're running all over the place, and you're chasing kids, and you're going to baseball games, and you're going to basketball games, and you're going to volleyball games, and and then you're planting a church, and, and you've got all these different things going on, and next thing you know, we're sitting in Perkins, <laughs> eating our food. So there's times where my wife says, listen, we've got to go out, just the two of us. We've got to go out and talk, and we've got to get to know each other again, and we've got to get out and just block everything out and just like focus on each other. And so we do that. See, I believe we're living in such a time where we're so busy. We've got so many things going on, and we have kids' activities, and we have careers, and we have these hopes and dreams, and we have grandkids, and, and life just, just doesn't slow down, does it? And, and in the process of just trying to do life, we just never block things out just to spend time with Jesus. Spend time in his word. Spend time talking to him. But we come to church and we check the box and we sing songs we like and we don't sing songs we don't like. And we just don't take that time to really intimately get to know him. So my challenge for you guys is let's get to know him. Nothing's more important because I believe this, if we know him, then we would truly worship him. If we legitimately know him, it wouldn't be just about songs. It wouldn't be just about the music we like or don't like. If we genuinely know him, we would worship him, and it wouldn't be about you. The church wouldn't have to work so hard at making people happy. 
We wouldn't have to cater to a consumer mentality because people would just genuinely be in love with Jesus and want to get to know him. And we would truly worship him. And what I love about what worship is, it's not about music. It's not about the songs we sing. I love what Paul says, what real worship is. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. I mean, take a look at what he's done for you. He paid an incredible price for you. And so in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You really want to get to know Jesus? Lay down your life. Every day get up and say, it's not about me. I'm going to lay down my life on this altar as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. You see, all of us are laying our lives down at the altar of something. It might be the altar of money. It might be the altar of career. It might be the altar of retirement. It might be the altar of our kids' sports. It might be the altar of politics. But we're all laying our lives down at the altar of something. And to know Jesus is to worship him. And to worship him means I lay down my life for him. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's my whole life as a sacrifice to him. In view of the incredible price he paid for me. I'm going to give my life to him. And I'm going to offer my life as a living sacrifice. See, when I was young, I used to want to grow really big churches. <laughs> that was like a goal of mine. When I got out of school, I thought I'm going to go and I'm going to pastor churches and they're going to explode and we're going to save the world. and I'm going to be you know, part of this mega church. You think, I want to grow these large churches. And and to be honest with you, I got good at it. I could grow churches and I could, I could fill seats and people would come and listen and, you know, they would laugh and we'd have a good time and we'd sing songs and then God started to convict me of some things. That we're filling up these churches that love to sing songs and love to come in for an hour, but they just don't know him. They just don't know him. And they're not offering their lives as living sacrifices. And so the constant juggling act as a pastor, and, and my heart goes out to pastors, is we're trying so hard to make everybody happy and, and please people, and we're putting out fires, and, and we're trying all these things. And, and so I just got to a point where I'm like, I don't want a church of a couple thousand anymore. And I, and I got to a place like, if I could just find 10 people, Ten people that said, I'm all in. I'm going to offer my life as a living sacrifice. It's not about me. It's about knowing Jesus. 
and obeying his commands and doing what he wants me to do and, and offering my life. And God, I want it to be holy and pleasing to you. And, and I think if I could just find 10 people, you know, could you imagine what you could do in a community with 10 people that just say, I'm all in? I think what Jesus did with the disciples, you know, just an ordinary, uneducated group. But they just were all in. And he used them to go out and change the world. It reminds me of the Old Testament story. When God shows up to Abraham. Remember this story? The Sodom and Gomorrah story? When God shows up to Abraham, he's like, hey, Abraham, listen, man, I'm going to make you a great nation, you know, and you're going to have lots of kids. And this great nation is, you know, going to change the world. And and they didn't understand what that meant at that moment, you know. But God says, I'm going to make you this great nation. But I just want you to know, like, I'm going to bring destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah. And you remember that story? Abraham is like, well, <laughs> listen, God, you know, hey, just hear me out, you know. If, if you can find 50 righteous people, if you can find 50 righteous people in those communities, would, would you spare the cities and... God, out of his grace and mercy, says, yes, you know, Abraham, if, if you can find 50 people, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spare the cities. And then Abraham comes back and he's like, oh, listen, I know you're holy God, you know, and, and I'm just a mere man and I don't want to step, step over any bounds. And I know you said, okay, 50, but, but how about 45? 45. And God's like, yes, you know, if you can find 45 righteous people, I'll spare the city. You know the story. Abraham's like, well, okay, God, you know, <laughs> you're so good, you know, and you're big and mighty and I'm not. So, so what if you found 30? 30 righteous people. Would you spare the city? God's like, yeah, we got it. 30 people. Okay, okay. Okay, God, how about, how about 25? How about 25? Okay, 25. And Abraham gets all the way down to, remember how many people? 10 people. God, if we could just find 10 righteous people, would you spare? Now listen, I don't think God's going to wipe us all out. You know, that's not where I'm going with that. But I think about this. God, if we could just find 10 people, 10 people that I say I'm all in, I'm going to offer my life as a living sacrifice to you, holy and pleasing to you, would you bring a revival in this community? God, would you bring an incredible sweeping of your movement in this community where lives are legitimately changed, where we see people born again, where marriages are put back together, and, and our young people who are so confused about this world that, that they would have clarity and, and just know that there's a God who's crazy about them, and they wouldn't be consumed with culture and all that culture has to offer. God, if you could just find 10 of us that say we're all in, well, we're going to offer our lives to you. We're going to get to know you intimately. We're going to go out and just lay our lives down for your sake. Would you just do something incredible in this church and in this community? I think if we could find 10 people, God could do so much more than with 1,000 people that are just coming to check the box. Just coming to sing songs that they like. So my challenge for us is how many of us are willing to say, I'm all in?
I want to offer my life as a living sacrifice. And so I might not come back here again at this church. So I'm going to make you all uncomfortable. I want everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up. I want you to know God has been dealing with this in my life. So what I talk to you today is I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. God has so challenged me on my ministry, on what I've been trying to grow. He's so challenged me on my relationship with him lately. And, and I just want you to know, I stand before you today that, that I've wrestled with this. And I'm at a place now where I'm like, God, I, I'm all in. I want to offer my life as a living sacrifice. I don't know where you want to take me. I don't know what you want to do with me. But I'm all in because the world around me is depending on men and women who are so in love with Jesus Christ that they're all in. So here's what I'm going to do. If you're willing to say with me, and, and I don't care if, if we can get to 10 people, I'd be so excited for this community. If you're willing to say with me, I'm all in, I just want you to come up and gather around me, and we're going to pray together. If you'd be willing to say, I want to offer my life from this day on as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. Now, don't come up if you don't mean it. But if you want to join me in this declaration and, and promise to God, I just want you to come up and stand around me. And we're going to pray together. God, if we could just get 10, right? 10. Now, if we mean this, you guys, if we mean it from the depths of our souls, our homes would never be the same, okay? Your homes would never be the same. This church would never be the same. This community would never be the same. And so we're going to cry out to God to say, and, and together we're just going to say, God, we're all in, okay? We're all in. From this day on, we're going to offer our lives as a living sacrifice, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life getting to know you, getting to know you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your challenge. Oh, God, forgive us for so often just making worship all about us, making life all about us. God, forgive us for that, but but from this day on, we want to commit to you. Like we deeply want to know you. We want to know your heart. We want to know what moves you. We want to look at our community the way you would look at our community. We want to talk to each other the way you would talk to us. We, we want to interact with those around us the way you would. And so we really want to get to know you. And so we're committing to like spending time with you. But, but God, hear our hearts in view of your incredible mercy. view of what you've done and given for us, the least we can do is give you our lives. So here we are, a group of people that care about our church, care about our community, care about our families, care about our kids, care about our grandkids. We're committing to you that we're going to lay down our lives as living sacrifices. It's not about us. We're going to die to self. And we want you to use us any way you want to. When you say go, we're going to go. 
<laughs> when you challenge us to go speak, we're going to go speak. When you challenge us to go move and love, we're just going to, whatever you want us to do, it's not about us. We're living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. And so would you use us any way you want? Use us in our homes, use us in this church, use us in our community. Because we know that someday we're going to stand before you and it's not going to be about checking boxes. It's going to be about intimately knowing you and laying our life down for you. We love you, Jesus. Now help us go out and live this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.